Good morning. My name is Whitley Bechtel, and I have the privilege of reading our scripture for this morning. It comes from Acts 13, 1 through 3. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manion, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and prayer, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. This is the word of God. Well, good morning. Uh, If we haven't met before, my name is Matt, and I serve as one of the pastors of Liberty Church and also serve as part of the uh, advisory team of the about-to-launch Midtown Community Church. And you probably already know this, but it's worth saying, this is a a rare and incredible thing that we are part of today. Even as the sign put it out front, a few minutes ago, we all walked in here as two churches, and a few minutes from now, we're going to walk out of here as three. Praise God. Praise God. I told these guys, I was like already crying when the band was playing this morning, warming up, and I was like, I'm going to try to make my way through this without doing that. But I do want to encourage us this morning, this combined worship service is not a monument, but a footprint. It's not a monument, but a footprint. The Nobel laureate William Faulkner was once musing about the difference between monuments and footprints, and he wrote this. He said, a monument says only, at least I got this far. A footprint says, this is where I was when I moved again. Over the past months, over the past years, really, so much has led up to this day. So many prayers, so many conversations, hours of service, so much generosity. And we are gathered here this morning to honor all of that, to celebrate and to rejoice together about all that God has done up to this point. But our confident hope, we would say this boldly and confidently this morning, that today is a footprint. Today is is just a moment where the kingdom of God takes one more small step forward. A moment where, God willing, each of us will get to look back on years from now and see that the truth and the beauty and the power of Jesus Christ began to shine just that much brighter in the Harrisburg region. So it's not a day for us to say, at least we got this far. It's a day for us to say, this is where we were when God moved again. And to mark the occasion, we're, we're going to look at what I think is one of the most encouraging examples in the Bible of God's ongoing movement through his church. As Whitley just read for us a moment ago, these first few verses of Acts chapter 13, they recount the church at Antioch sending out Barnabas and Saul. Saul, as many of you know, is also known as the Apostle Paul. This ends up becoming the first of of three of his missionary journeys that is recorded for us in the book of Acts. And if you know something of Paul's story, you know he's a missionary, you know he's an evangelist, but he's also a church planner. As people come to faith in, in Jesus in these cities and towns across the Mediterranean world, Paul establishes new churches, and he sets sets up new leadership for those churches. And so in Acts chapter 13, we have a church sending people out to start new churches. 
And if that sounds familiar, that's exactly what we're doing here today. There's a lot for us here to learn from in Acts 13. So I want to spend the rest of our time this morning considering both the sending and the sent. The sending and the sent. First, let's talk about the sending. What, what is the character and culture of this sending church in Acts chapter 13? A lot of things we could say about it, but I would say at a minimum, it's rooted, regular, and radical. Rooted, regular, and radical. So, so for one thing, it's rooted. The, the people and the leaders in this church are aware of the story that they are caught up into. When we read here in, in verse 1, now there were in the church at Antioch, the question that we might not ask, but we should ask is, well, how did they get there? How did this church even come into existence? And if you have a chance later today or sometime this week, I would encourage you to read the whole account of this. It's in the second half of Acts chapter 11. But persecution caused the uh, Christians in Jerusalem to scatter across the world. Some of them, we read there, came to Antioch, this city that was 300 miles north of Jerusalem in what is uh, modern-day Turkey. And we read there in Acts 11 that the hand of God was on these people who came there, and a lot of people came to faith in Jesus. So suffice it to say, this church in Antioch only exists by the providence and power of God. And they know it. And they know it. Because they do, because they are rooted in the story of God's advancing kingdom, they refuse to close their hands and to become self-preserving. You see, churches who forget their own roots will never send people out. They'll never send people out. If they start to think that it was their own intelligence or their own ability or their own efforts that brought their church into existence, they'll become territorial and self-protective and stingy in a heartbeat. But we get to rejoice today, among many things, that community and liberty are rooted churches. We know the story we're in. Amen? We know the story when each of our churches was, once upon a time, its own church plant. And each of the churches that planted us, Hershey Free, Liberty Church of the River Wards, was once themselves a church plant. You keep tracing it back from there, we would all find ourselves somewhere in the book of Acts, and maybe even in Antioch in Acts chapter 13. So friends, keep remembering the story you are in. Sending churches are rooted churches. Sending churches are also regular churches. Verse 2, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. A number of scholars think that worshiping and fasting here refers to a gathered worship service. The church was gathered together. So it was as this church was doing its regular work that the Holy Spirit directed them to set apart and send out Barnabas and Saul. A couple important things for us to, to learn from that. One is never underestimate the power of the church gathered. Never underestimate the power of the church gathered. All of you who, who serve and sacrifice week in and week out to pull off worship services at, at your church, all of you who come to worship with, with your heart and your hands open, that's the context in which the Spirit of God raises people up and, and sends them out. I'm actually, I've been praying this week that in this room right now, there are men and women who will look back on this day and say, that's when God started setting me apart for the work. 
That's when God started raising me up and preparing me to be sent out into some new work. That'd be an incredible thing if we got to look back on today and see that that was some of of what God did during our time. But community and liberty continue in the faithful, everyday work of the gospel. Continue in it. Worship and discipleship and mission and mercy and prayer. We see so much prayer in Acts 13. If neither of us ever plant another church for the rest of our church's lives, if we never plant another church, but we faithfully do what Jesus calls his church to do, what Jesus calls his church to be, then you can put all of us in the ground someday with a smile on our face for a job well done. What, what almost always happens, though, instead, is exactly what played out here in Acts 13. That, that as we set our hands to the regular, ordinary, faithful work, the Holy Spirit raises up and sets apart and sends out. So sending churches are rooted and regular, but they are also radical. If the church in Antioch's goal was its own long-term viability, was its own long-term growth, this kind of feels like the worst plan ever. It's the worst possible plan. Like, hey, you know those two phenomenal dynamic leaders, Barnabas and Saul? The ones who've been incredibly encouraging to all of us, the ones who've been incredibly fruitful here? Okay, hear me out. What if we sent them packing? What if they weren't here anymore and we got rid of them? The the only reason this church sends Barnabas and Saul is because they care far more about the gospel than their own church. They care far more about the kingdom of God than about establishing their own mini-kingdom in the city of Antioch. And friends, what, what community and liberty have embarked upon here is radical. It's radical. Partnership in the church, tragically, today, is rare and especially partnership like this. Our two churches, you heard Sarah speak to this earlier, our two churches, which share exactly zero denominational or network overlap, are planting a brand new church together. You know what overlap we do have? The gospel of Jesus Christ. Citizenship in the kingdom of God. Brotherhood and sisterhood in God's eternal family. That's what we have in common. That's what we have in common. By the grace of God, we, we can say with a straight face this morning that we care more about the kingdom of God than either of our individual congregations. And that's a beautiful thing that, that we get to say. Now, that doesn't mean that it's easy. Each of us is, is sending out people we really love to be part of the core team of Midtown Community Church. Each of us is sending out thousands of dollars that no doubt we I'm sure could have found other uses for, good uses for. Each of us is sending a key staff member and a handful of other key leaders. These are sacrifices. And we feel it, rightfully so. We should feel it. Just like you better believe that the church at Antioch felt it when Barnabas and Saul left. The advance of the kingdom of God, the the planting of new churches, is always accomplished through radical sacrifice. And so what I hope that we all just get a tiny glimpse of together this morning is that the sacrifice is worth it. It's worth it. It is worth it to always be thinking beyond our individual congregations. It's worth it for us to care less about building our own mini kingdoms and to build the kingdom of God instead. So if that's the character and the culture of the sending, the sending church, then second this morning, let's consider the scent. The scent. 
Who are the sent in this text? What, what characterizes those whom the church at Antioch lays hands on and sends off? Again, a lot we could say about them, but what we'll focus on this morning is that they are known leaders who embrace the unknown. Known leaders who embrace the unknown. So for one, they, they are known leaders. Theologian and scholar F.F. F. Bruce, he called Saul and Barnabas, quote, the two most eminent and gifted leaders in the church. The two most eminent and gifted leaders in the church. Saul and Barnabas had been around Antioch a while. They, they were not peripheral people in that community. They are beloved, respected, proven people. Some people plant churches in order to try and prove something, and it's almost always a complete disaster. Far better to send out people who have already proven, not that they are perfect, not that they are omnicompetent, not that they have somehow arrived at the, at the fullness of Christian maturity, but who have proven that they are faithful and have proven that they are capable of being entrusted with significant responsibility. When the church here lays hands on Barnabas and Saul in Acts 13, it's not calling them into a new office. Sometimes in the church we lay hands on people to commission them for a new office. They become pastors or elders or they become deacons. Here that's not the case. It's it's not like Saul and Barnabas weren't leaders before and now all of a sudden become leaders. They're already known, they're already proven. And so laying hands on them here is setting them apart for a specific new work. It's, you can think of it this way. It's not a brand new ministry. It's just a new chapter. It's just a continuation of the same kinds of things they've been doing, just in a new place. And Ben and Whitley Bechtel and Greg and Alexis Kabachian are not peripheral people in our churches. Uh, they are beloved, respected, proven people. They are known leaders among us. They are qualified to plant Midtown Community Church first and foremost by the grace of the risen Jesus. That's what qualifies them. But also then because of the immense contributions they have already made to serving and to leading Jesus' capital C church for a lot of years. And Ben and Greg and Whitley and Alexis, I I wanted you this morning to hear me say in front of all these people that you belong here. You belong here. By the grace of God, you belong in these roles that you are in. And so next Sunday, when you guys stand up and lead at the first ever worship service of Midtown Community Church, you can with all integrity look out on that congregation and say, follow me as I follow Jesus. Follow me as I follow Jesus. In a little while, we're going to get to pray over and and to lay hands, not only on the Bechtels and the Kabachians, but over the entire core team of Midtown Community Church, all these amazing t-shirts that you're seeing scattered around the room this morning. I'm going to pray for all of those folks. The vast majority of these men and women have been, up to this moment, members of one of our churches. Uh, They are known people. And as they have loved and as they have served and they have given and shared Jesus with their neighbors, they're now going to be doing even more of the same in a brand new place with a brand new group of people in a brand new church. So just like in Acts 13, the sent are not peripheral people heading into something they've never, ever done before. They are known people simply beginning a new chapter. 
The sent are also those who embrace the unknown. Those who embrace the unknown. In Acts 13, Barnabas and Saul are sent into the unknown. The Holy Spirit doesn't doesn't give any details, if you noticed. The Holy Spirit gives no details. The Spirit just says, set them apart. And it takes the next few chapters in the book of Acts to learn where they go and what they're going to do. So with Midtown Community Church, we actually have a lot more answers than Saul and Barnabas had. Uh, We have a lot more answers, actually, than the vast majority of church plants that I've ever heard of in my life. It's been so much favor of God poured out upon Midtown Community Church, it's a little bit crazy. It's amazing. But a phenomenal core team of people, money in the bank, a great facility, which I'm still not jealous about at all. (laughs) And if you haven't seen it recently, that facility's gotten even better the last couple weeks. Uh, And just let's not miss the opportunity, a huge shout out to Mike McKay. And the, and the rest of the men and women that have just poured hours of time and energy into making that building ready for, for next Sunday. It just really, it does look incredible. But let's be honest, as we gather here today, as, much, as many answers as we do have, as we gather today, the future of MCC is unknown. It's unknown. We are at the starting gate. And so the crises that MCC will encounter, the people that MCC will get to baptize, the overwhelming sorrows and the overwhelming joys that, that they will get to experience, these are all unknown. They're all unknown. As much faith and trust in God as it's taken to bring us to this day, it's going to take that much more for all of the unknowns ahead. So here's what I love. Here's what I love. When we take an offering in a little while, it's actually not going to be for MCC. It's not going to be for MCC. It's going to be for the first church that they, God willing, will themselves get to be part of planting someday. So I want you to think about that. Here we are on the precipice of the unknown for this church. It hasn't even started yet. And this core team of men and women is saying, let's go. Let's not only embrace this unknown. Let's embrace all of the unknowns that that by the grace of God, the Spirit will call us to be part of in years ahead. That's what it looks like to embrace the unknown. Today is not a monument, but a footprint. This is where we were when God moved again. But the real gift of this day, the real beauty of what we're doing here, is how in both our sending and in our being sent, we get to embody the good news of Jesus. John chapter 20, Jesus says to his disciples, it's after he's Uh, risen from the dead. It's before he's going to ascend to heaven. He says to his disciples, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. See, our God is a sending God. The Father sends the Son into the world he loves. Our God is also a sent God. And emptying himself, taking the form of a servant, Jesus Christ was sent for our salvation. And living and dying and rising and ascending, Jesus calls his people, calls his church to continue sending and being sent until the day that he is sent once again to bring all of this work to completion and to make all things new. And so today, whether you are embodying the Father's sending as part of community or part of Liberty Church, 
Or if today you're embodying the Son's sentness as part of Midtown Community Church, let us rejoice that your life, our lives, are caught up into the great story of God's redemption. And today and all days of our lives, may we both be ascending and ascent people. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for us. Father, we, we just rejoice together in what this day represents because first and foremost, it displays the good news of your gospel, that you are ascending God and that, Jesus, you are a sent God and that by your sending and your sentness, you have accomplished our salvation and you have promised to reconcile the world to yourself. And so we are here in the anticipation and the hope of that day. We are here to rejoice in the, the small way that we are getting to embody that together as two churches becoming three. And so would you just continue to be honored in all that we do here today? Would you fill our hearts with great joy? It's by your grace alone we are what we are. And it's by your grace alone that we will get to continue this, the, seeing the advance of your kingdom for days without end. We pray that all Jesus in your name. Amen.